Welcome to the NCO Journal Podcast, where we explore NCO professional development. This is a podcast series where we discuss published articles with authors and provide a forum for the open exchange of ideas, information, and solutions. I'm your host, Staff Sergeant Brandon Cox, Senior Editor of the NCO Journal. With us is Sergeant First Class's Valdo Kite, the NCOIC of the NCO Journal, Tony Mena, a Senior Editor for the NCO Journal, and Timothy Clements, also a Senior Editor for the NCO Journal. Today we discuss the article, Developing Strategically Minded Enlisted Leaders, written by Staff Sergeant Nicholas DeMichel. He serves in the United States Army National Guard and currently works as a defense analyst in the Office of the Secretary of Defense for Policy. Thank you for joining us. Before we kick things off, could you please tell us a bit about yourself? Yeah, of course. Uh, and please uh, call me Nick. Um, so uh, a little bit about myself. Um, spent nine years active duty uh, infantrymen serving in various units ranging from 425 in Alaska, 173rd, and uh, finally 82nd Airborne. Um, finished out my time on active duty as a platoon sergeant in the 82nd, uh, multiple operational combat deployments, um, still serving in the in the National Guard part-time status. Um, and I actually came off active duty in 2020, um, and I decided I want to go back to school. Um, ended up completing two master's degrees, one of them at Georgetown. Uh, and during that time in school, um, I used it as an opportunity to take on internships and fellowships to, to learn you know, how to work in a civilian environment. Um, and some of these internships and fellowships included working for a member of Congress, uh, working on House Foreign Affairs Committee, uh, Executive Office of the President for the U.S. Trade Representative, um, and then finally uh, finding my place in the Pentagon uh, working for DOD in the Office of the Secretary of Defense for Policy. Um, so that's kind of the 10,000-foot view of kind of um, where I was and where, where I am today. Nice. Thank you for joining us. Um, as a start, what does the defense analyst in the Office of Secretary for Defense do? Or could you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a great question. Like I said, I currently work Office of Secretary of Defense for Policy, um, and I've actually worked in a couple different offices since joining the Pentagon. The first office was um, in Homeland Defense and Hemispheric Affairs. Um, and in that office, my main por- por- portfolio was supporting defense support of civil authorities uh, and more specifically on wildfires. So uh, in essence, if you were ever uh, in the National Guard or Reserve Unit and got activated for wildfires or um, some other domestic reason, it was uh, work through the office that I was in. Uh, other topics I kind of worked on in the office uh, were critical infrastructure, hurricanes, and some space policy issues. Um, I actually moved offices still within policy. Um, I now work in international security affairs, and I'm, uh, more specifically, I'm on the Ukraine desk right now. So uh, my, as you can imagine, the office is a, is a little busy. In, in essence, there's never a dull day where you know exactly what's going to happen um, or what you might be working on. Absolutely. And as the premier uh, NCO professional development uh, publication for the Army, I just want to first off say thank you for providing this article. Um, it's exactly the type of thing that we're looking for, and uh, we're, we're very appreciative that you gave it to us. So speaking about your article is described as developing strategically minded enlisted leaders. So the first question I have for you is kind of describing what you mean by strategically minded, uh, maybe the different levels of, of the organization and, and what, and what exactly you want to recommend. So strategically minded, you know, I'll start by saying that 
this is how I think of strategically minded, but other people may have other interpretations of what that actually means. Um, but broadly, I, I think of strategically minded as policy making at the highest levels. So decisions from whether it be the White House, Pentagon, Congress, um, NATO, thinking about geopolitical interactions, um, all the various national strategies that the U.S. government puts up, um, I think fall in that category. So like national defense strategy, that type of stuff. Um, going a little bit more specific, um, I tend to think about the acronym of DIME. Um, when it comes to strategically minded, um, it stands for diplomatic information, military and economic. And I imagine dime as kind of like these, if you'll visualize it with me, kind of dials in front of you. Um, you know, we can turn them up and down depending on what the situation uh, might need. So, for example, if there is some crisis or event going on around the world and the U.S. is de determining the best course of action, we may start to look at turning the diplomatic and information dials up while also keeping maybe military and economic dials down. If the situation changes, we may need to move those dials up higher um, along with military and economic dials. So really kind of thinking, you know, these elements of national power. Um, going a little bit more specific on this strategically minded question for myself, I also think of kind of how DOD policy is created and what entities impact it. You know, when, when decisions are kind of being made, um, there's a lot of coordination involved internally within the departments. And this coordination includes OSD policy, joint staff, COCOMs, uh, personnel and readiness, acquisition and sustainment, and other various stakeholders kind of formulate this very high uh, policy that makes it all the way down to the tactical level. Um, you know, it might not be the most exciting thing to understand or learn about, but I think it really is an important process to know how policy is formulated and how it trickles down to that uh, tactical level. So that's kind of how I think of what I say when I mean like strategically minded uh, individuals. So I guess what, what does that look like as an NCO? You know, you're talking about a, a sergeant or staff sergeant down, you know, in the line unit. What does that look like when, a, when an NCO down at that tactical level is thinking strategically? Yeah, and you know, I'll <laughs> I'll admit that uh, a strategically minded NCO is is not a novel idea. Um, there have been publications put out by the chairman and his senior enlisted advisor that are, are really leaning forward on this idea of creating strategically minded officers and NCOs. Um, and what a strategically minded NCO looks like goes back to what I mentioned earlier on DIME and DOD processes. You know, NCOs being able to understand the how and why of certain policy decisions and either explaining to troops at that, you know, platoon, company, battalion level or being senior enlisted advisors to commanders. It's being able to look at the kind of bigger picture and understand what role my unit is currently playing in that, that larger picture. Um, you know, speaking kind of personally here, I, you know, I, I've seen a few times where a unit will be on deployment and, you know, you have those blinders on and, uh, you know, people don't fully understand the, the why and importance of kind of what we're doing and, and where they are. Uh, and it's being able to take that step back and know the importance of, you know, personnel, equipment, training, et cetera, going to various parts of the world for force projection or building interoperability or train and advise missions. Um, and kind of, you know, finally, a strategically minded NCO 
understands the external processes at work that impact DOD policy. You know, we talk about like government shutdowns um, and, you know, that it falls within Congress and understanding that, you know, Congress approves these defense budgets budgets for fiscal years. um, And that, you know, has trickle down effects all the way to the tactical level. Um, understanding interagency cooperation to achieve desired goals of the United States. So strategically minded NCO, in my opinion, understands the internal and external processes and factors that impact uh, DOD policy. So I guess, you know, let's talk a little bit about, okay, so this is important for an NCO to understand and and know about. Um, So how does an NCO become strategically minded? And in your article, you mentioned a couple different ways, but I'll let you uh, kind of maybe summarize uh, some of the different things available for NCOs out there. Yeah. So, and I think that's kind of like where my article really is trying to lean forward is that we need to, um, I think, open up these broadening assignments to become uh, NCOs become familiarized with the strategic kind of policy. Um, the army JCS intern program, I think is one way, but um, in my article, I actually mention. um the uh, there's a, a 12-day course um, called Gateway, and it's taught at National Defense University for E6s and E7s. And I think this is a tremendous way that the department is leaning forward on trying to develop these uh, E6s and E7s to understand uh, strategic policy. And you look at the kind of course, it talks about national strategic policy, national military capabilities, uh, regional knowledge, really all the topics I'd love to see NCOs get after and learn. Um, You know, I'll say that the the limitation to the gateway, I think it's a great opportunity, but I think there's a limitation that it's only a 12-day course. Uh, You know, there there is a huge difference, I think, between learning something and then actually doing that job at these higher levels. I think there's a huge benefit of educating the force on strategic policy and process, but I would say getting NCOs into those strategic policy positions is important for building out that bench. Um, Another component that I kind of thought of, it's not listed in my article, but I think, you know, if we added on, you know, the uh, NCO schools, we take a look at that, you know, BLC, ALC, SLC, I think we can really begin to bake in familiarization courses on strategic policy and process to kind of, um, you know, uh, marinate that idea with with NCOs and understand that there are important processes and policies at work uh, beyond just tactical and operational levels. Yeah, because one of the things that you um, kind of alluded to right now is that while this course, the Gateway course, one thing is is that it's, it may not be enough, but it's also not a, um, a requirement. And so mentioning PME for NCOs like ALC or SLC, um, including some of this um, information in there, would kind of make it a forcing function for NCOs to to dive into this thing, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I mean, it's, you know, obviously I would say we don't always want to force the function on certain things. You know, I, I, I know there's some people, there's certain training where they're like, oh, this is just check the block training. But I think there is an added benefit. You know, you add a a day course into ALC, BLC, that kind of goes over these processes. I think it really helps put things in better perspective at those tactical and operational levels to understand what role, um, you know, the military plays at that level in higher policy. Having NCOs attend to these courses um, or get this education at PME, 
I can see the importance of that, but what kind of impact do you think these NCOs will have after attending or getting this kind of training? Um, what kind of impact will they have at that tactical or operational level, depending on where they're at? So, yeah, the impact. Um, I, you know, I, I think we can always hope, uh, you know, the impact will, you know, be substantial, but at times, you know, maybe that's, that's not always the case, but I, I would hope that NCOs um, who have this training and knowledge, um, you know, they can, like you said, bring it to the tactical and operational levels to kind of explain to the troops kind of what is going on at these higher levels, give troops a, an in-depth understanding of why we're doing certain things beyond just, hey, we're on a patch chart and higher said we're going here. You know, explain maybe not in specific terms, but more broadly, the processes involved both internal and external to DOD, how we formulate this policy, how it trickles down all the way down to this tactical and operational level where we're sitting in, you know, foxhole, you know, uh, being cold in Poland or, you know, going through the jungles and the, uh, in PACOM, you know, um, and the other impact, impact I would say, and I, I would hope for, um, and this is maybe more a cultural change uh, when it comes to broadening assignments is I believe right now um, that promotion boards for E7s uh, and above uh, would look more favorably on an NCO who is, let's say, a ranger instructor or a drill sergeant or recruiter more than someone who had an assignment at, let's say, the Pentagon or some other strategic level. Um, you know, I could be wrong in this assumption, and I would welcome any SAR majors who have had who sat on these promotion boards to kind of weigh in here. But my gut would tell me that culturally, broadening assignments at the Pentagon uh, would not help a an NCO's career as of right now when they're sitting before a promotion board. Um, so the impact I'd love to see is from senior NCOs with this training knowledge to kind of push for culturally changing these assignments as being important for uh, NCOs. You know, it kind of brings up this question of, you know, my, my unit only has, let's just say, budget or funds to send me to a course. What would what would be, I guess, what would be the, the deciding factor? What what would make that change for me to want to say, you know what, I'm going to go to this um, gateway course. This is what I want to sign up for or battle staff or something like that. You know, um, that's kind of where um, we're trying to get NCOs to to get after some of this stuff is that I think that this is going to be something that helps them down the road. But I, I guess seeing the impact initially is, is kind of difficult. It is. And I think it goes back, honestly, to the cultural aspect of it. I can only speak for the infantry side. Um, I know, um, and this may be different for different MOSs, but, you know, when you, when you look at someone who's infantry, uh, getting put on staff, uh, battalion, brigade staff, or working these higher headquarters, um, or you know what we call getting pulled off the line to not do you know um, combat-related or tactical-related um, skills. That's a that's a really hard sell, um, and I wish I knew the answer to you know how to incentivize that. Um, I, I just feel like it's when, when you're at those levels, the kind of the blinders kind of come on, and you only see you know. Um, kind of that tactical level you know you don't you don't see a, a huge benefit in trying to work at um these higher levels or working on on staffs i'll admit when i was active duty i, I had no goal or ambition to want to work on staff because i felt it was getting taken off the line getting taken right. off that warfighter level um but you know i look back now i, I probably would have had a conversation with myself and be like hey there's a lot of benefit, both, you know, understanding how this works for your military career 
And I would even say if you decide that, you know, once you retire or you get out, there's a huge benefit to just understanding working at that staff level position, being able to write, being able to, you know, formulate ideas for, for leadership. So um, I, I admit that's a huge limitation. I think that's, uh, uh, that's, a, that's a tough one to, to change. I'm going to play a little bit of devil's advocate on this one. Um, you, you mentioned a few things. So going to this, this new PME, right? The hard part for me is trying to figure out what the buy-in is because you just said that somebody who's an arranger instructor is probably going to get picked up over somebody who has this school or internship, if you will. And the other side of that is officers also receive some of this training. So if you have a senior enlisted who have this training as well, and they do have the skills to bring these things to the fight on a tactical and operational level. Are we going to get the same buy-in from the officers? It's a, it's a valid point. You know, it, officers, this is like, this is their lane. Why, why do we need NCOs kind of crowding the room uh, trying to un- understand this? Um, and, you know, and we look at officers and NCOs. They have, uh, you know, I would say the same mission, but different roles. Um, you know, I think the argument is that NCOs are technical experts, um, and officers are more of those kind of generalist big picture. Um, but, you know, I, I really do look back, you know, if you look at the platoon level, you know, there's a platoon leader and then there's the senior enlisted advisor. There's their platoon sergeant. At the company level, you have company commander and their first sergeant. Uh, battalion level and beyond, you have the commander and their sergeant major. Um, and I tend to think about this and this may just be me, um, you know, not being at that tactical level uh, really anymore. But, you know, if an organization wants to produce best military advice or best course of action, I think there's a huge benefit in both officers and NCOs understanding this type of strategic level policy and process at work. You know, both of them having to understand it, I think, would make for a more well-informed organization uh, to come up with options at that strategic level um, or explain at the tactical level um, the, the how and why of what we're doing. Um, back to you know what is the what is the buy-in? I that that's uh, I, you know and that's I would say just a huge limitation within my article, and I, I think um, you, we really need to look at the promotion boards and kind of reevaluate what is seen as um, you know a broadening assignment. You know, put working at that strategic level on par with being a ranger instructor. Ranger instructor. Um, but I, I, you know, I, that, that's a tough one. I think it's going to come down to really getting E6s and E7s marinated with strategic policy and the importance of it. So that way, when they become SAR majors, they're like, oh, yeah, this is, this is an important broadening assignment. Um, you know, I think it is on par with being a ranger instructor or a drill sergeant. We always uh, try to ask the authors some process questions on the writing. Because one of our biggest complaints from NCOs was that they were either scared to write or they didn't know how to write. And so the more we talk about people's processes, it seems like we get more submissions. So I think it's working. Um, So the first question I always ask people is, what was your process in writing this article? So like, where did you get the idea? And then how did you form that idea? And then were there any drafts involved, any collaboration? Yeah, I mean, 
Uh, I think with all things that people write, it always just starts with a with a hot take that just immediately crosses your mind, and you're like, "Yeah, why are why are certain things like that?" Or you know, why why aren't we talking more about you know these issues going on? Um, and it really started with kind of um, talking with my brother and him mentioning, you know, I was like, "Hey, you know, Justin, you know, he's a sergeant first class. He's a drill sergeant right now." I was like, "Hey, you know." you should look at trying to apply to this White House Fellows Program. You know, it's a really great opportunity to kind of work in D.C., rub shoulders with, you know, these kind of higher-level policymakers. They could really use that kind of grounded, tactical perspective that you bring to the table. Um, and, yeah, and he just mentioned, he's like, eh, you know, that sounds really fun. I'd love to, but that would derail my my career path. And I was like, ah, you know, that's – I was like, ah, I, I can't blame you because I would probably be thinking the same way if I was still on active duty. and um, you know, I started like kind of looking around for what articles, you know, are, you know, people talking about developing strategic um, enlisted in NCOs. And, you know, I came across the stuff from the, the, the joint staff. And I'm like, okay, so this, this, this information is being talked about. Um, I would say it's being talked about at very high levels. Um, but I'm not seeing a whole lot of people at these kind of lower levels. NCOs kind of pounding the pavement being like, hey, we should definitely take a look at this. Um, so that's what kind of inspired me to, to write this. And I mean, what, you know, what I did, I ended up just kind of, I researched uh, this question. You know, I obviously referenced these higher um, level um, talks, you know, with, amongst the joint staff. Uh, and I started looking at kind of uh, papers, maybe at like the uh, war college level to kind of see if anyone had done this before. And I actually found a, an article uh, by a, a colonel who, who talks about the same exact thing, uh, I think back in 2013. So kind of reference, you know, this material kind of give me a, a, a grounded base to make an argument on. Um, and then I just kind of, you know, I made the, the recommendation based off of um, my interaction with this Army JCS intern program. Um, you know, when it comes to drafts, I, I can't imagine, I can't tell you the amount of times that I read and reread and reread and sent it to my brother, sent it to some of my friends. I'm like, Hey, you know, I need you to look this over. I need you to kind of, uh, tell me, you know, do I sound silly here? Like, what, what am I missing on this? Um, and I, and I'll advise any NCO or anyone that's trying to write a, an article, um, and this is not a sponsor or anything. I just use it all the time is using Grammarly. I can't tell you the amount of times I've used Grammarly to help me, you know, write papers and have it sound, uh, you know, a little bit better. Um, so yeah, that's, that is my, my process, I guess. Thank you, Sergeant D. Michelle for joining us. And thank you to our audience. Remember to put your knowledge to the page, submit articles and get published with the NCO journal. Don't forget to check out our webpage and follow us on social media. We'll catch you next time on the Into Journal Podcast.